0: Greetings, everyone. I'm Jeremy Simon with 3D Universe. Welcome to another episode of 3D Universe Untethered. So in this uh, episode, we'll be talking about the MakerBot method and Method X. And we have tonight with us Johan brewer from MakerBot, who will be talking with us. Thank you for joining us, Johan.
1: Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: And uh, as usual, we have our co-host, Jen Owen, Creative Director of 3D Universe here with us. Welcome, Jen. Hi. So uh, before we get started, a couple of notes. Uh, Some of you have seen the series before and kind of know how this works, but we've got an ongoing series here where we sit down and speak with folks in the industry and talk to them about various uh, you know, aspects of 3D printing and digital fabrication, and um, these uh, sessions are recorded. They will go online as both a video as well as an audio podcast. Uh, you can visit our blog anytime at 3duniverse.org and click on the 3D Universe Untethered graphic in the upper left to get a list of recordings to past episodes and upcoming episodes that you can sign up for as well. So uh, check back there if you wanna grab the recordings from today or if you wanna see the other sessions that we have coming up. Um, now, as I mentioned today, we're gonna be talking with uh, Johan Till Brewer. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that exactly right. <laughs> oh,
1: that's right.
0: So, uh, Johan is a uh, vice president of product development for MakerBot and he oversees global product strategy development, uh, go to market initiatives for MakerBot's 3d printing solutions. During his tenure at MakerBot, Johan has held uh, senior positions within public relations and product marketing and was then tapped to lead the product team. He was instrumental in the launch of the company's core products, including the MakerBot Replicator Plus, the Method and Method X 3d printers. Johan has over 10 years of experience launching technology solutions, including 3D printers, navigation devices, infotainment systems, wearables, and more. So welcome to the session, Johan.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Yeah,
2: Absolutely. Thanks thank you for being here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so to get started, um, I was wondering, Johan, if you could share a little bit about your role at MakerBot.
1: Sure. So, uh, you know, as you mentioned, I oversee the product team. So, essentially my team manages all of the products at Makerbot, starting with our 3D printers, you know, going to materials and software. And really we uh basically tie together everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like we we go we manage the whole life cycle of the product from like the early concepting and road mapping to, you know, Proof of concept, development, launch, uh, shipping, <laughs> then mm-hmm. you know managing the product in the field and eventually end of lifeing a product. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's been very interesting. I, I've been at MakerBot for uh, five years now. Uh, you know, starting in public relations and marketing before going into the product team. And uh, you know it's 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 been a very interesting journey, and you know we can we can talk a little bit more about it. I think anybody who has uh, watched Makebot from the outside uh, uh, probably will realize kind of how much the company has changed in terms of the product offering that we have today, in terms of the products uh, or the customer focus that we have. That has also changed quite dramatically. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's a little bit of background.
2: That's awesome, thank you. Um, before we get into the method and method X, can you tell us a little bit about the other key elements of the MakerBot product line, like the Replicator Plus, um, the Sketch Classroom Bundle, and the MakerBot Cloud Print?
1: Sure, so at MakerBot today, we have two main customer segments uh, that we develop uh, solutions for. So we have the education segment and we have the professional segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the prof- both of them are very different, right? In terms of the customers and what they actually need, and uh, the problems that we are trying to solve for them. Because at the end of the day, uh, we're not just making a 3D printer. We're trying to help someone to get the job done, right? And in education, that means we're helping teachers to use 3D printing as a learning tool uh, to really. Uh, help teach uh, STEM, but also help, you know, teach skills that are very important in the 21st century. So, you know, design thinking, problem solving, and doing that in a very hands-on way. Uh, On the professional side, we're really offering a tool for prototyping that can accelerate product development, and also uh, for the creation of uh, end-use parts. You know, we have customers in manufacturing, you know, manufacturing engineers that are printing and fixtures. We have small entrepreneurs that are printing um, uh, uh, small batch small batches of end use parts actually like drones and other things. Um, so you know th- th- that's kind of kind of gives you a little bit of uh, a background on the two different markets. So before we kind of talk about the method X and the method to answer uh, your question, we do have you know the replicator plus and the sketch offering and those two, really serve the education market. As I mentioned uh, before, in education markets, really uh, 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 the printer itself uh, is important, but what's even more important is how we empower uh, teachers to use the 3D printer as a learning tool. And we have developed a whole ecosystem around the printer uh, to do just that. So we have hundreds of lesson plans that teachers have access to so that when you know, they get the printer, they, they know kind of how to teach it. And we, even on Thingiverse, we have a whole community of teachers where you can search, you know, by, uh, by the topic. Like, let's say you're an art teacher or a history teacher, you can find the right lesson plans that you need uh, uh, to teach so you don't have to start from scratch and develop everything yourself. Uh, in addition to that, we also offer uh, make about certification. And that is something that I think is really cool and really uh, good uh, for educators when they get started because we teach the teacher uh, how to use the printer. (laughs) We teach the uh, teachers. And so basically, it's like a class right, that you sign up for. And it's an interactive course that you can complete. And there are different modules so you can learn how to operate the printer. You can learn how to design uh, for 3D printing. You can learn how to create curriculum that you can then share with the community. Uh, And we have the same thing also for the students. So that they can go through that and it's a very structured way of teaching the teacher and and giving the students also a way to learn the technology and learn uh, design thinking and so i think that is is really crucial for us uh, to to address that market and then the third thing i would highlight here is that we also have make about cloud print as you mentioned that is a new uh, cloud platform that we launched uh, this year and uh, what it does is it allows you to, in the education market, it allows the teacher to manage the 3D printers in the classroom with the submissions, because oftentimes uh, the students you know, want to submit prints and the teacher wants to kind of review them. So we give them a mechanism to send out an email to all the students, they can upload the file, and then the teacher can review the files and send them to the printer. So it's a platform that allows uh, you to manage Print submissions and printers to monitor uh, the prints as they're going on and to prepare files and what i just described is for obviously for the education market but uh, this platform also is very very useful for the pro market of course and and especially during uh, these times where a lot of people are working from home they may not be you know right next to their printer so with cloud print they can remotely manage that and let's say you know you have like five engineers on your team these engineers can remotely submit uh, their prints to different printers, queue, queue up the files, and then whoever is managing the printer can go through all of those different prints. Right.
0: That's yeah, awesome. that is. It, it's and I agree. It's it's really all about the content. I'm I'm glad that you guys provide the lessons and the training materials. It's it's so important as opposed to just giving somebody a box and saying here you go. You know, it's. Uh, right. They're going to get a lot more value out of out of the solution that way. So um, before we get into the method and the method X, which we'll be focusing on today, let's let's go back to something that you kind of mentioned or alluded to in your opening remarks, Johan. Where, you know, some some years back, you know, Ultimaker went through a period where you know people, some people, sort of had a bad experience, especially with that replicator fifth gen, when the the smart extruders were first introduced um there were some issues with that and um it it, kind of you know soured some some people on the on the Makerbots a bit and i wonder if you could just talk a little bit about what's changed in recent years what maybe were some of the takeaways from that period how have things changed now with respect to the way makerbot does their products and their support um compared to maybe a few years back
1: yeah so this is something that i uh kind of alluded to in the beginning i think that over the last couple years like even the five years that i have been at the company i have witnessed a very uh uh, i think uh um very much a transformation of the company in terms of how we approach product also a a stronger focus on the product right that's something that is uh is, is important i think we have become more of a product company that tries to first of all be closer to the customer understand who is using it, who are we developing these solutions for, but then also in uh, the product development process, uh, really emphasize product testing a lot more, large-scale testing. So we uh, go through a process that's called um, application-based reliability testing. So that's basically like a large-scale uh, testing where we have, like many, many printers, you know, it could be anywhere between 30 and, or up to 100 printers mm-hmm. that for a very long time print parts that are uh, representative of what a customer would be doing, right? And, 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 and this process is like, it's very intense. It, it takes a long time in, in the process. And that has become a very crucial part of how we uh, make sure that a product is ready before we ship it. And really the first product I would say that where this applied uh, was the replicator plus which was the improved version of the original fifth gen replicator and which uh, now is really very much a standard in the education market in terms of the ease of use and the reliability that it provides. So that printer in total went through 380,000 total hours of testing (laughs) if you add up all the hours. So it was like a really massive uh, amount. And the printer itself uh, had a couple of improvements. It had a completely redesigned gantry, uh, and it also had uh, a new extruder, so the Smart Extruder Plus, that had many improvements to improve the life and the reliability uh, of that extruder. Um, and that was kind of, I would say, the turning point in terms of how we approach the development. Since then, we have progressed even more. I think we have become much clo- uh, much more customer-focused in terms of when we develop the products, uh, we involve beta testers, we get like regular feedback from actual customers, not just the reliability testing that I just mentioned that happens, you know, obviously like in a lab. So it's a little bit more controlled, uh, which for us has the benefit that we can get all the data, right, in real time and analyze it and work with the engineering team and make make changes. Um, but get getting that real feedback from the customers that we work with, I think is is the other really uh, crucial piece, and 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 then I would say also we have like uh, over the last couple of years started working much more closely with Stratasys, and that's very very I think uh, evident in the uh, method 3D printers where uh, you know very early on in terms of the design our team has collaborated with the engineering team at Stratasys to tap into you know the 30 years of experience and fdm printing that they have and today when you look at the design. You have with the methods uh, platform really a uh, something that bridges the gap between the desktop space and the industrial space and even if you just look at the extruder design and compare that with some of the extruders from Stratasys there are a lot of similarities uh, that you can see so it really. You know, I would say that it, it, the, the kind of rigor we put into testing the products, working with the customers, and then also collaborating with Stratasys, I think that combination uh, really is, is something that is very powerful and, and, and you know, has changed the way we do things. Uh, yeah, thank you.
2: Thank you. you. Um, let's see. Can you tell us uh, about the method and the method X and what makes these printers unique compared to the other desktop printers that are out there?
1: Sure. So that's probably one of my favorite topics to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, when you, when you look at like desktop 3D printers in general, including MakerBots, all of the other printers, basically they all uh, use an architecture that dates back all the way to the RepRap project. So the architecture is very similar. Uh, you know, you have a heated build plate. The terms of like the, uh, the how the frame is designed, everything you know, kind of has improved dramatically, no doubt about that. Uh, a lot of incremental improvements have been made. But uh, when we look at the Method printer, it's very different because we basically said, scratch all of that. We're going to start from scratch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're going to start with a blank slate. You know, talk to Stratasys, understand what they're doing, and try to see how can we make a printer that basically is uh, provides dimensional accuracy, repeatable results, uh, but do that at a price point that's uh, accessible for engineers, individual engineers that are you know going out there and want, wanting to buy uh, maybe their first three D printer for their organization. Uh, and so, uh, when you look at that printer. Really, it starts with, I I would say the feature that stands out the most, obviously, is the heated chamber. You know, all of the desktop 3 d printers have a heated build plate, so you're controlling basically the temperature of the very first layer. But as you move up in the Z, you know, you you have no control over the temperature. And that is a problem when you are printing plastics, because plastics, uh, they want to contract and they want, they need a certain temperature and they need to cool down uh, slowly or otherwise they will, you know, crack, they will deform. And that is like, I would say, more true for the engineering materials and for the higher temp materials like ABS, polycarbonates. Uh, You know, if you're printing PLA, you know, your heated build plate is gonna be fine. Um, But if you get into the real engineering materials, you really need the heated chamber to make sure that the parts cool down gradually, they can relax and you get uh, a, a part that has dimensional accuracy. Uh, And, you know, there there are many other features in the printer, I would say, like, we have a very stiff frame so that avoids that uh, as, you know, the printer is moving around, that you get uh, uh, too much uh, kind of movement in the frame, which can affect also, you know, how accurate your part is. Uh, The extruder itself also is very different, has a very, very long thermal core, so we can heat up a lot more plastic at once, and that means uh, that we can print much faster. And uh, you know, and, and also the, the filament, the way that we store the filament, I think that's a, it's a, another crucial thing uh, that we do. We have dry sealed filament base. So I think the more you learn about high performance materials, uh, especially like nylons, uh, you know, they, they do tend to absorb moisture. So you really need to make sure that you control uh, uh, the moisture uptake. Mm-hmm. These are just you know so, some some of the examples. Uh, of how these printers are different. And I think, I want to touch again on the dimensional accuracy because that's something uh, that in, when you make a 3D printer for the engineering market, that is something that's very important because when you design parts of it as an engineer, most of the time you're dealing with some kind of a um, assembly, right? Like you have different parts that need to fit together. so the part that you print needs to match the dimensions that you put into your CAD file. And I think with desktop printers, engineers have, you know, some engineers have found ways ways around it. Like they do multiple iterations. They try to change some dimensions and some will get to a part, but uh, that is a time consuming process, right? So the idea of a 3D printer is that you speed up your development process. So you want to make sure that you print the part and it and, and it fits and so, that's why the heated chamber is is so important because we can you know guarantee dimensional accuracy of the printed part, and that is something that's very different from let's say layer height, which just means uh, it just defines like how thick is the layer that you're printing, and so that that can be something that is like uh, it is beneficial in terms of uh, aesthetic print quality. Let's say you, you're printing something at an angle if you have a very high Layer height, you get these little steps right that's something that's important, but it doesn't say anything about how well do the uh, dimensions of the printed part pitch uh, match your original dimensions. That's something where the heated chamber really uh, comes in as a benefit.
2: That's really awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, can you explain uh, the difference between the method and the method X.
1: Sure. So uh, both are built on the same platform, both, you know, use the same extruders. Everything is the same. The the big difference is really the chamber temperature. So the method goes up to 60 C and the method X goes all the way up to 110 C. So really that defines the materials that you can print with um, So, you know, the method X prints more of the higher temp engineering materials. So, if you want to print ABS, ASA, PCABS, polycarbonates, those all print on the Method X. The Method can print PL, more of the basic materials, PLA, PETG. Um, you know, it can also print nylon, carbon fiber, uh, which, which I think is a is a big upgrade for that printer. Um, but yeah, it really depends on 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 what you're looking for in terms of the materials.
2: Thank you. I
0: have a question going back to what you were just talking about in terms of uh, dimensional accuracy, and you know something that I, I think there's some confusion over in the industry is when people are shopping for 3D printers, a lot of the printer manufacturers like to talk about, uh, you know, resolution, uh, minimum layer heights, um, uh, positioning precision. You know how accurately can they position the print head, and they'll they'll give terms of you know so many microns and things like that, but. I thought MakerBot was a little unique in this regard is that in that you guys seem to focus on dimensional accuracy of the final part uh, as opposed to focusing on, you know, aspects of the printer head movement or or whatever else you're looking at the end result, which I, I think is kind of like what you were describing. That's what ultimately matters to an engineer trying to fit parts together. So it, it, would you agree that, that MakerBot is a little bit different in how, you, how they talk about dimensional accuracy in, in relation to the method series?
1: Yeah, so we, we do see that as a core feature of, of the method, right, is the dimensional accuracy of the printed part. And I think, uh, you know, as you mentioned, the layer height, is, it's sort of a little bit misleading because people think, oh yeah, you know, it's 100 microns. So you know, my part is going to be within 100 microns. <laughs> Of accuracy, which is not true. It's just really just how thick is your layer. It doesn't say anything like your part could be cracking, it could be warping, it could be right. completely <laughs> off in, the, in, in terms of the dimensions, right, and not fit together at all. And so we we actually do have like also a, a couple of different parts that we use, you know, to to showcase to people like, look, you can print this on a method and print it on your desktop printer and see like how how well these parts fit together, and you will see yeah. the difference, right. And so uh that that is something that also comes from uh it's a way of thinking that actually comes from stratasys because they also on their more industrial 3d printers on the f-series for example they give the dimensional accuracy spec because they know at the end of the day that is what the their customers care about the most but in the desktop space there's a lot of confusion around this and people yeah I, i think people don't necessarily understand right away what the difference is between you know accuracy and
0: like dimensional accuracy and right like, right there's so many terms <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you brought up those sample prints i actually have them here because we've done these and I'll, I'll just share them real quick um for those that are watching this on video there's this cube test that you guys make available where there's there's two halves that are supposed to fit together And we printed this with the exact same settings, same material, ABS on the Method X, and then on another brand of printer. This is the other brand. And and it just, no matter how you try to manipulate these blocks, you can't quite get them to fit together. And I did that same print on the Method X using, again, the same settings, same material. And as you can see, it fits perfectly together. So that was really impressive to me because it was a a really clear demonstration. Here's here's another one. uh, circle test where you have you know grooves on one side and and uh you know um uh fins on the other side and they they're supposed to fit together this was done on another brand of 3d printer and you just can't quite get them to fit together no matter what you do I um, printed that same part again on uh the method x and not only does the part fit together smoothly but you can rotate it smoothly, which shows that it's printing perfect circles; that it's not getting any kind of ovalness in there. So, you know, again, just really impressive demonstrations of using the exact same model, exact same slicing settings, two different results from from two different printers.
1: And I think when you when you think about the professional use case, obviously, if you're prototyping, you want to be as fast as possible. Most of the time. I think product development teams, just even as my, my own team, right? They are under a lot of pressure to get things out as fast as possible because you know there's revenue attached to this, there, there are many implications to it. So I think a lot of companies look at 3D printing as a way to kind of accelerate the process and, and, and be faster than like outsourcing it, waiting for the part to come back. And so if, if your parts don't fit and you need to do it over again, you, you're losing days, you know, trying to figure that out. That's one part. The other part is like infused parts, right? There's so many companies. Uh, you know, we talk to big companies that do 3D printing for jigs and fixtures, where they have a system where uh, they print a, a fixture for someone on the manufacturing line, and then they will have like a number, or they have some kind of system where that person, when the the fixture breaks, right, like at some point it breaks, they have to come back and say, "Can you print this again because it broke?" And in that case, it's even worse, right? Like. You need to make sure that you can exactly replicate that part because otherwise it may break your manufacturing process if you can't replicate that part and that's why it's so important that with the heated chamber you know we take the temperature in the chamber so that when we reprint the part it's printing exactly at the same temperature where when you have a heated build plate depending on your environmental conditions the temperature may change you know so you may not get the same part uh, back and so that's the kind of reliability i think that Overall, 3D printing—that's a major thing to overcome to make it a reliable tool in the professional environment that you can actually rely on, not just something that's that someone like is playing around with and and you know doing some yep. some nice like concept with here and there. But like, how do you integrate it into that kind of setting as a tool that you can rely on? And I think that's that's the kind of thing that we're that we're uh, uh, doing with Method. Very cool. That's
2: very cool. Um, you mentioned that the Method and the Method X offer dry sealed filament bays. Why is that important?
1: So, you know, I, I kind of like hinted at that, but many of the 3D printing materials uh, absorb moisture. So mm-hmm. some support materials like PVA, for example, uh, you know, they're water it's a water-soluble support. So if you leave it out in the air and you have like high uh, humidity or moisture in the air, then it will absorb that. And when it does that, it will really impact your print quality. Um, uh, it's not just the support materials. It's also very, I think, uh, prevalent with, uh, with nylons. Because especially nylon 6, nylon 6, 6, those materials tend to absorb moisture very fast. And then you get a lot of stringiness. You get like oozing in the print, and it creates lots of defects. So with the dry sealed filament base, we control that uh, moisture. And make sure that the filament stays dry. We not only do that uh, in the way that we store the filament in the printer, but also when we ship the filament, it comes with desiccant. It's like in a sealed packaging, etc. Mm-hmm. So, you know, personally, I have become even more aware of this as we have expanded the kind of materials that we add. How important uh, the moisture management really is for for these materials. Yeah. So on
0: that uh, topic of materials, let's talk a little bit more about the different kinds of materials people can work with if they opt to get a method or method X. Now you you mentioned a number of these before, let's kind of step through them and let's let's start with the MakerBot stuff. I know there's a lot of people out there that kind of have the impression that MakerBot printers, you have to use the MakerBot materials, which really isn't necessarily the case. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, you can use third-party materials with these printers, right? You just need to use the experimental labs extruder um, and so we'll, we'll come back and talk more about those third party materials, but let's start with the MakerBot uh, materials that are being offered. What are some of the options that you have with the method and the method and the Method X? So
1: yeah, we have uh, we have a whole range of different materials. As I mentioned, we have the PLA, we have ABS, uh, we have PETG, we have ASA, uh, we have uh, PC ABS. We also have a flame retardant PCABS, ABS. We have uh, you know. We, from there, we kind of move on to the more advanced materials. Uh, we have n- uh, nylon carbon fiber, we have a basic nylon carbon fiber, which is ba- uh, basically a 666 six, six blend, and we recently also introduced a nylon 12 carbon fiber, um, which you know has some be- benefits because it's not as moisture sensitive mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, And uh, those are I would say those are like the core kind of materials that we offer we try to kind of cover all of the major categories that we see are most relevant to our customers when we. uh, bring these products out, we do all these materials to market, we do a lot of testing again for the dimensional accuracy, we do all Mm -hmm. the measurements, we do a lot of lifetime testing. Uh, And uh, in addition to that, we also have the labs materials Uh, before I go there, though, I want to also highlight that we have. Uh, in addition to the uh, uh, model materials, we also have support materials. So we have uh, on the method, we have PVA. So that material works very well, you know, with the PLA uh, or with PETG. And then for the uh, high temp materials for ABS, PC, PCABS, uh, we have uh, SR30. And so we are actually the only printer in that price range that has SR30 uh, soluble support. And uh, it's a great material because it, Uh, essentially is a modified version of ABS. So it very bonds very, very well with that material. So what that means is that you will get a very, very nice uh, surface finish. And the uh, soluble support obviously is great if you're printing very complex parts, something that has internal cavities, um, things where you can't break away any kind of support. Um, But again, also the other benefit is that the surface finish is just so much better than anything you would get from a breakaway support. Uh, And that material is also less moisture sensitive than let's say a PVA. So that makes it also more reliable in terms of how it prints. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, in terms of the labs offering, as you mentioned, these are all our official materials. you know, they also have our, the spools have RFID chips. So that's a great benefit, I think, because it helps you to track how much filament uh, you consume, you know, you, you can get warnings if you don't have enough filament left to complete your print before you start it, etc. So many, many benefits to that. But we didn't, we, we know that the kind of people that buy these printers, uh, oftentimes these are engineers that uh, A passionate about three D printing. They kind of want to change the, something in their organization. They want to like they they kind of work hard to change the mindset in their organization to think mm-hmm. more three D. And oftentimes, you know, they they face like an uphill battle to convince their superiors to kind of buy into it. And ah, what well, is this toy? You know, can it really <laughs> deliver? <laughs> and and so for that reason, we do want them to or enable them to print with more materials. You know and. Um, experiment and try out new things. Um, And that's why we came out with the uh, labs extruder, which is an experimental extruder that basically unlocks your printer. You can side load the materials uh, through the aux aux port. We have also a printable side mount that you can print out and then put on the side of the printer and you can put the spool on there and feed it into the aux port and then uh, 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 print pretty much any material you want. Um, And the extruder design itself also, I think, is very interesting because we decided to make the uh, nozzle uh, uh, tube assembly, which is at the bottom of the extruder, so it includes the nozzle, but also the PTFE tube inside, which kind of guides the filament through. Uh, We made that customer replaceable so that that's the part of the extruder that fails the most, so that if someone experiences experiments with materials and for some reason they have an issue or the or it wears out they can easily replace that and they don't have to buy a new extruder that's so that kind of is something i think that really fits that mindset and allows people to be to experiment a little bit more yeah. uh, so, so so that's the kind of one thing but the other thing part of this is also that we have a materials development program so we work with some of the major filament suppliers you know polymaker BASF, leafos JBO and uh, we work with them to qualify their materials for methods so we have a process where these companies they have uh, the method x uh, and uh, they have a a certain process they have to go through like print a certain sequence of prints uh, to qualify a material and tune it give us the settings so we can you know publish the settings to the users and so that way we can give users more confidence in printing the material because we the, the material supplier already pre-tuned this material, uh, and uh, the user doesn't have to start from scratch, right? So, so that way we are able to very rapidly expand the number of materials that can print on the machine, and uh, you know, in some instances, you know, very significantly, I think, because Polymaker, for example, qualified three of their polycarbonate materials, and polycarbonate is very even more difficult to print. Than ABS because it warps and contracts even more, and they had very good success on the Method X printing these polycarbonate materials. They were very impressed, uh, and you know it, it's it's a great way for us to offer materials that you can't necessarily print uh, on the desktop printer or you can't print them very well. Right. Um, so
0: quite a lot of material choice and and that's what I love about 3d printing you make an investment in a 3d printer and you know all these m- new materials keep coming to the market and you keep getting these new possibilities you know over time and uh, it, certainly there's so many materials that would benefit from the active heated chamber on the method series um, so many uh, advanced engineering materials that are being introduced on the market that might be a little bit trickier in terms of build plate adhesion or warping tendencies, things like that where having that even heating throughout would really be welcome. So that's, that's great that you have. Yeah.
1: I I even like see it. I see like really our printer as a platform. You know, you can almost, I like to compare to smartphones where you have app developers, you know, that like your smartphone is nothing without the apps, right? (laughs) Like the people (laughs) developing it. And really when you look at the filament space, these companies are almost, they are developers, but they're coming up with new and innovative uh, materials. Like sometimes they take something that's used for injection molding and just make it available uh, for Sometimes they come up with you know new formulations and, and new blends that, yeah. uh, that do something very new and, and, and interesting. So uh you know we, we I see it as that. We provide like the platform we work with all these different material material developers where you know material companies provide these materials to enable new use cases on the printer. Uh, the polycarbonate is one. The other great example is the SEPS uh, uh, 95A, which is a flexible material. So we didn't have a flexible material uh, previously on the platform. Uh, JBO has this really great material. And it has many benefits. Um, it's almost like a rubber, but it, it also is less moisture sensitive than, let's say, a TPU, which mm-hmm. is where you have like a lot of issues with the moisture. Out there. So this material doesn't have that issue. It Prints really well. Works with PVA. We can also print very complex, uh, flexible parts. Uh, so you know we have been able to really expand what people can do with the machines. Nice. nice, yeah. Now
0: you you mentioned
1: a lot of different material
0: options there. but One of the ones you mentioned was nylon, carbon fiber, um, and I wonder if we could talk about that for a moment because these these composite materials become really popular. Um, and so method uh, the method has the um, the uh, model one C extruder right for composite materials. That has a hardened uh, nozzle, correct?
1: Correct. So this year we, so when I said (laughs) method is a platform, basically, you know, the other nice thing is that we continue to invest in different uh, accessories that you can buy for the printers. So someone who bought method or method X, you know, last year, maybe they bought it for ABS. This year we introduced the composite extruder. They can just buy that extruder. Now they can print nylon carbon fiber, which is like a very significant uh okay. change in terms of like what they are able to do and so this extruder itself it, it's optimized for composites so we ran a lot of lifetime testing we saw because the materials are very abrasive you know they wear down the gears they wear down the filament switch inside the extruder so we added hardened components uh inside that printer and the reason why these composites are so popular is because they offer much better mechanical properties than ABS or any most of the standard uh, polymers. So if you compare it to the nylon carbon fiber that we have, if you compare it to an ABS, has more than twice the strength, tensile strength, has like about three times, you know, uh, the modulus, so the stiffness is much, much higher, has like 100 C higher heat resistance. (laughs) So you can imagine the kind of things you can do with this material uh, it really expands uh, uh, the applications, and specifically in manufacturing. Uh, when you think about uh, applications on the manufacturing floor, you know different fixtures that, or work holdings that hold like a uh, something in place, like in the CNC machine, for example, where you know your CNC hat comes down and applies a lot of force. You need really a strong part, or like you know end effectors like grippers that have to hold something. Sometimes they have to be very strong, so. These are the kind of applications where the nylon carbon fiber uh, provides huge benefits. And um, the one thing that I thought was also very interesting uh, in this whole process is that the nylon carbon fiber works with SR30. (laughs) So you can print very complex parts where, you know, we also have breakaway support, which, which is great. And for a nylon carbon fiber, it actually works pretty well because the material is very stiff. So the supports, you know, when the material is more ductile, like an ABS, the, the breakaway doesn't work as well. Right. For a stiff material works well. But still, you know, if, if you if you have something really complex or if you wanted a really smooth finish, the SR30 really is, is a key advantage. Um and yeah, even even like in the nylon carbon fiber or composite area, we're expanding pretty rapidly. Uh, Just earlier this year, we announced a nylon carbon fiber. As I mentioned, is a nylon 666. The main advantage there is it has very high heat resistance, also has uh, very, very high uh, tensile strength. The downside is that it absorbs moisture much more quickly. So uh, we also introduced a nylon 12 carbon fiber uh, recently, and that material, while it has a little bit less strength, a little bit less heat resistance, it doesn't absorb uh, moisture as fast. So I would say that or recommend to most users, unless they need like they have a super high heat application or they need that extra tensile strength. I would recommend they're not on twelve carbon fiber because it's it's much easier to work with and and, and prints really really nicely. Got it. Thanks. That's
2: awesome. Um, what are the different kinds of extruders available for the method and the Method X, and um, you know, which materials are they intended for?
1: Yeah, so we have uh, 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 we have uh, the one one A extruder for uh, you know it's basically uh, more of the basic materials you know your PLA, your Tough, uh, your PETG, then we have uh, the extruder for uh, you know ABS, ASA, PC ABS, uh, and then as mentioned before we have the composite extruder that we just introduced, and then in addition to that we have the Labs extruder. And uh, one interesting thing also is that we really take, like, our strategy is really to make very quick improvements, as I mentioned, to this platform. So even uh, very recently, we also upgraded the Labs extruder to incorporate some of those uh, changes that the uh, composite extruder has. So it's Mm -hmm. called the uh, Labs Gen 2 extruder. So basically, it's the next version of the Labs extruder. And that also has the hardened gears and the hardened filament switch. So now you can... Uh, you, you can get longer lifetime when you're printing composite materials, which we, you know, we will add more, more of those on the lab side with some of our partners.
2: Thank you. So
0: you mentioned that the MethodX can print using this SR30 support material for the higher temperature materials like ABS and ASA, that kind of thing. What does somebody need to have if they wanted to take advantage of that capability? You need some extra gear, right? Right.
1: So there is a uh, a wash tank that we recommend that you can buy. It's essentially the same wash tank that uh, Stratasys uses for their machines. That's the optimal, best solution, best you know use case. Uh, You can also we have seen like people use a sous vide. Solution, you know, we we have also have some people in the office that do that. They just use some kind of a container in the sous vide, and you know, it will do the job. Um, but yeah, essentially, you need that. So basically, you need heat, uh, you need the agitation, and then you also uh, need EcoWorks, which is a solution, it's little tablets that you put in the water, and they dissolve uh, uh, the support material. So. I would say you know for sure that is a little bit of an extra step that's uh, that's necessary, uh, but uh, you know in turn you get really uh, the better surface finish and the. Um, uh, the more complex parts, if you know someone doesn't want to really invest upfront into something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. As I mentioned, we have breakaway so we have breakaway support also for ABS, but I would recommend to start with the breakaway and the nylon carbon fiber because. On that material, as I mentioned before, because it's so stiff, the breakaway actually works uh, quite well. So, that's 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 I think a way for customers to get started and then see if they uh, from there want to upgrade and invest either you know in a subie or into uh, a wash tank.
2: That's awesome. Um, does MakerBot plan to continue expanding the materials offered for the method and Method X?
1: Yeah, so. When we first launched Method, we had three materials. and mm-hmm. today when you go to a website, we have 20. so <laughs> we have a pretty rapid uh, expansion and yeah, we continue to we plan to continue to do that. We actually are seeing like a lot of interest from uh, our partners in qualifying materials. Uh, and yeah, you can expect uh, a lot more to come. Uh, you know there's some more this year that are coming and there's there's more next year coming. Um, a lot of uh, very specialized uh, engineering materials, uh, higher term materials. Uh, so yeah there's there's a lot more to come.
2: That's great. Um, how do you see uh, companies and, and businesses using the Method and MethodX printers?
1: Yeah, so I, I, I think like uh, functional prototyping is one area that is uh, is obviously uh, really big. you know, people, Uh, especially people that uh, design parts that have to be injection molded in abs they really want to 3d print the part in abs to get to similar properties and that's something that i didn't mention before in addition to the dimensional accuracy that the heated chamber provides it also provides you better uh, layer adhesion uh, because uh, when you can imagine um, with the heated chamber as you extrude you know your filament uh, because we have we control the temperature, the previous layer stays hot longer. So as you extrude on top of that layer, both of the layers bond much better than when the previous layer cools down, right? So that's uh, just uh, you know how, how plastics work. So you get stronger parts. The other piece also is that the we have we talked before about accuracy and how it's a lot of misleading information. I would say the same is is true about filaments because uh you know we print with an injection molding grade abs so Mm -hmm. it's very similar to the abs that you use for injection molding so that is very beneficial when you're when you're doing functional prototyping you're trying to kind of simulate the function of a part right but the the abs for example that's on desktop printers it's not a real abs it's actually a modified abs because if you print abs on a desktop printer you somehow have to fight the warp because this material really wants to warp and if and and the way they do that is they add certain modifiers into the filament uh, so that it prints better. It still doesn't print uh, perfectly. Uh, it's you still see issues with it. But what you're also doing when you add these modifiers is that you're compromising some of the properties uh, of the filaments. You're not really getting the real ABS. So. So so the functional prototyping, I would say that's one of the uh, really uh, biggest kind of applications that we'd see. But beyond that, uh, there are two other categories. One is jigs and fixtures, as I mentioned before on the manufacturing floor. And another one is really small batch production of end use parts. So, you know, we have talked to customers that for example, create a small number of, uh, you know, Electronics devices that you know mm-hmm. measure measure something, right? Like and and so they need the housing for that, and they have very low volume, so they going to injection molding makes no sense for them. Mm-hmm. So they need to print it, and uh, in that in that case, the properties are even more important because you you want to make sure that you in the sun you can't have like deformations, etc. So you need the heat resistance. You really need a true ABS. Mm-hmm. Um, So those are the three areas, Um, I think, in manufacturing, like one customer that I always like to highlight, uh, highlight, uh, it's called uh, all access robotics. So it's essentially a, uh, it's a machine shop, but they also offer uh, automation solutions for, you know, other machine shops for factories. So essentially, they Uh, uh, you can come to them, you know, and say, I want to automate this process in my factory. Like, let's say I want to automate a CNC machine and, uh, uh, they will provide you the full solution. So a robot arm with the fitting end effector, uh, the software programming, everything. So this is like an example where a company needs a lot of custom parts and very few of them, because essentially if you're trying to automate a certain task, uh, uh, your robot arm always needs a custom end effector which is basically the part that goes onto the robot arm depending on what it's trying to you know pick up for example, if it picks up a certain part in the CNC machine and tries to put it somewhere else uh, uh, you know they have very different requirements. sometimes they they have like a very thin metal part. So they need to make sure the end effector is like printed in a flexible material so that when, you, when it picks up that little that thin part it doesn't deform. So it really is very custom and they they have benefited greatly from using uh, uh, the method X for that because uh, uh, they have saved a lot of money uh, compared to traditional manufacturing. They have uh, designed parts uh, even, um, you know, that, that are not possible to, to, to create with uh, traditional uh, methods or uh, where it was just a lot cheaper and faster, uh, to 3d print that part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The turnaround time is usually a big advantage of yeah. the 3d printing. So uh, what about warranty and support options on the method of method X, what options are available?
1: So we have uh, a wa- standard warranty of one year. Uh, you know, we have a great support team, uh, you know, that is based in Brooklyn <laughs> at our headquarters. So the advantage of that is they're very close to, product team, engineering teams. Um, So really pride ourselves in having that in-house support team. And you know, it's a one year warranty. And obviously, you have any issues, you can call our support team, they usually get back to you pretty quick. Uh, But beyond that, we also know that in the professional market, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, it's really important to not slow down anything, right. So uh, uh, and, and, and we know that with 3d printing, sometimes people run into issues. So the way that we uh, uh, want to help with that is we're offering offering some premium plans, uh, support plans, uh, they're called Care. So we have MakerCare Gold and Care Platinum. Uh, and the Gold plan is for two years, the uh, Platinum plan is for three years. And uh, they have a faster response time, they include, you know, Uh, They cover more of the cost, so even like regular wear and tear is included, Uh, but on the plan plan, plan one feature that I really like is the hot swap feature that we have. So essentially, uh, if you have a problem uh, with your printer and our support team determines that you need to send in your printer, uh, they will send or mail out a new printer before they even receive the old printer. So that can really if it comes down to it and you have a significant issue, cut down the time it takes, right? Because in the usual kind of support scenario, you would mail back your printer, We you have to receive it, we have to look at it, and a new one is mailed out, so you're losing a lot of time. So this is something I think that is a great feature for companies that are concerned uh, uh, about losing time uh, in the process. And, and, and it, like I said, it goes over three years, so it's a pretty long time period
0: so that hot swap replacement option is on the platinum three-year plan correct okay that's a nice option to have
1: yeah yeah i think uh you know like i said it's really it gives you peace of mind uh uh that's uh and and for companies that really depend on the printer and they can't have uh the printer down for like uh, a week two weeks uh, right. and not being able to do anything with it so i think in that case it's it's a great option
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, What lies ahead? How is MakerBot going to continue adding value to Method and MethodX platforms?
1: So, I think uh, in terms of materials, obviously, we will add more, we will enable more applications, but uh, also on the extruder side, we have new things. You know, one of the nice things about the method is also that it's very easy to swap out the extruders. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is, it's very easy to also calibrate the extruders. That's something I didn't touch on as all, at all, <laughs> you know, the ease of use of the printer, how we kind of optimize the UX and, and make sure that that is very seamless and easy to do. So we, we continue to expand like the extruders that are available and just expand the core capabilities uh, of the printer and uh, also offer additional accessories. I can't uh, discuss all of the details of that mm-hmm. yet, of course. Um, but yeah, there's def- definitely if you buy a method today, you can expect that there's going to be more value added next year. And the same is true on the software side. So uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, you know, the Cloud Print software solution just launched uh, this year. and We have a roadmap for new features that we're going to add uh, to that, uh, both on the print preparation side, but in, on the print uh, management side. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's uh, a lot more to come. Excellent.
0: And uh, on top of all that, I think we have some some promotions going on right now on the Method Series printers, right? You want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so we have a very nice promotion, uh, 30 per, 30% off on the Method or the Method X, and also 30% off uh, any additional materials that you add to that. And then we also have a special Black Friday deal where uh, you on top of that, get a free gen two labs extruder uh, added to that offer. So that is valid until November 30th. So if you if you buy before uh, November 30th, that's I would say an excellent package, getting that extruder for free. Um, because one, one nice uh, tip also, <laughs> For people that are watching, if you buy the machine, if you use the gen two uh, labs extruder, you can also use that extruder to print all of your make what materials as well. So basically, that becomes almost a super extruder, you can use, you, you can use it for the open materials, you can use it for the make what materials, uh, it's composite enabled. Uh, and it's, it's very easy to, to maintain because you can swap the nozzle. Very nice. So we have
0: 30% off the method series, method, method X, carbon fiber editions, et cetera. Uh, those prices, by the way, are, are uh, on our site on shop3duniverse.com. The other two uh, promotions that uh, Johan mentioned, the 30% off any additional materials and the free Gen2 Labs Extruder, just email us uh, orders at 3duniverse.org. We can get a custom quote together for you for those if, if anyone listening is interested. So thanks for sharing uh, those details. That's, those are, those are really enough yeah. promotions. Well, this has been very informative. Thank you so much for joining us,
1: Johan. I know I've learned
0: a lot. Yeah. Thank you.
1: <laughs> no, thank you very much for having me and uh, you know, have a good holiday.
0: Yes, you too. <laughs> and uh, uh, you. For those watching again, thank you for joining us and please check out our blog, 3duniverse.org. Click on the 3D Universe Untethered graphic in the upper left. That'll take you to the page with the recordings and other upcoming episodes. So I hope to see you again for future sessions. Thanks, everyone. Have a great Thank
2: day. You. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: bye. Bye.